in thinking about stress, a lot of it is realizing what can we surf well and what do we need to let go of and release control. And so some of the situations in our life we can't control, the big waves. And those are the ones where we need different strategies, we need acceptance. How are you, Dr. Apple? I'm great. Thanks for hosting me. Well, thank you for taking the time to uh, explain your book and introduce us to these new ideas, the stress prescription, seven days to more joy and ease. And, and Dr. Eppel, you've been, you've been in healthcare for a while. You are a psychologist or world-renowned. What eventually, what led you to this moment to decide that, you know what, when it comes to stress reduction, I'm going to write a book about it? <laughs> Good question. Well, I wrote a book about five years ago with my colleague, Nobel laureate, Liz Blackburn, on cell aging, telomere length in particular, and the different lifestyle factors as well as mental health issues that were associated with telomere length. And one chapter was on stress, and people were so interested in that relationship. And that's been my focus, really understanding how does stress get under the skin, how does it, what types of stress might help our health and aging and what types might accelerate it? The answer to that is simply toxic stress versus some type, you know, is damaging versus some types of acute stress can be health enhancing. And during the pandemic, I turned into a more practical person. And knowing so much about the science of stress was not quite enough to be helpful. And I really dug into more of the clinical literature what strategies work in the moment, every day, not long-term changes, but what can we all do now? And I read a lot of my colleagues' studies in psychology, in emotional psychology and social psychology, and there's so many strategies and great science that the public doesn't know about. So my goal was to share a handful of strategies that have been shown to work, at least in the lab experimentally, and bring them to people because we have such an excessive level of societal stress. More than half of Americans feel overwhelmed by stress. And we don't have to live that way. We really do have things that we can do without having a lot of money or a lot of time that nudge us toward being our true selves, getting rid of that dark cloud of stress that kind of darkens our whole life experience mm. and how we treat other people too. Well, when, when you are preparing a book like this and you're really trying to figure out what stress is, I wonder what sort of analogy came to mind when it comes to describing stress? Because you mentioned in the book that stress, while too much can be toxic and enervate your life, a little stress is important to stay focused on something and to prepare for life's challenges. So how did you work together these dichotomy definitions of stress? What did you come up with? Ooh, that's a really hard question. I'm going to go with water. <laughs> Um, when we think of stress, stress, just to define it, we think of stressful events, the stressors, and then our emotional response, the stress response. And the latter is all we can control. So we can kind of nudge our way around the big stressors that happen and try to live the best life we can. We can't stop them from coming. So let's think of an ocean. You have certain little waves, and you can ride those and build up your skill in body surfing, and then you have huge waves, tidal waves, that would bowl you over if you tried to ride them, in which case 
to ride a riptide, you go with the flow. You don't fight against it, and you can just nudge yourself one direction or the other, and that's how much control you have, but you have to go with it. So in thinking about stress, a lot of it is realizing what can we surf well and what do we need to let go of and release control. And so some of the situations in our life we can't control, the big waves, and those are the ones where we need different strategies. We need acceptance, and we need to help. We need to manage some of our emotions around it and live well despite having situations that are unwanted, that are painful. Well, and that's and that's part of the the secret sauce, and that's part of like stoicism and stoic belief of what can you control? It's only inside your mind. You can't control outside events. But as much as that is easy to say, put in practice, it is incredibly difficult. Are, are there some sort of like physical means that we can aid our body and our mind in trying to promote a de-stressification? Absolutely. So much of our nervous system is in our body, and our mind affects our body in the same way that our body affects the mind. So we can use physical strategies, and we need both. We need to be wise. We need to step back and reflect on the different situations in our life and really sort them into how controllable they are. And that's part of chapter two is really taking a stress inventory, a personal one, and being really honest about all the different things that are weighing on us. And then there's a set of strategies that are more body-based. And those are both about short shots of stress that can actually de-stress us as well as ways to really unwind and release stress in our body and give our bodies the break that it needs from the ongoing stress response that's so common during our typical days. I, I, that was one idea that really struck me out in, in your book of stress fitness advocating, and I, I've tried doing this before, trying to take a cold shower and just stay there for 30 seconds, and it's one of the most unbearable things I've ever done, and it's just in my bathroom, but is, is there real science behind getting one acclimated to small amounts of stress? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there's a lot of science on this idea of short bursts of moderate stress to toughen up an organism, a cell, a worm, a bird, a mouse. <laughs> so there's a lot of basic research showing that these hormetic stressors or short-term bursts of stress, repeated moderate stressors, create younger animals, create cells or worms that live longer. You can heat up a worm a little bit and it lives longer. You can heat it up more and it dies and you have a worm funeral. So there's it's tricky stuff. We don't know in humans the exact doses and durations of positive stress. I would say the closest we are, the best science is really on high-intensity interval training where we know it's intense and you need time for recovery. You shouldn't do it every day. And even just seven minutes a day matters. That's a, that's a hit workout. And so in terms of stress, our nervous system and our emotional stress, I think the data is pointing to something like HIT as reducing stress. And in our study, we haven't published it yet, we did find that a seven-minute workout every day for three weeks 
did reduce stress and depressive symptoms just as much as meditation or relaxing breathing. So there is the positive stress response to the body is good for our health if we're not overdoing it and good for ourselves and also good for relieving anxiety and stress. And there is, I'll say, when you said how much research is there, you know, this is really the cutting edge, and there's not that much research on there really delineating what we should do. But there is a lot of research on hyperthermia or sauna or physical health for better metabolic health and cardiovascular health. And there is even a study showing it can relieve uh, treatment-resistant depression. Huh. We're speaking with Dr. Apple, author of The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. Of course, you're breaking this down. You have seven days. You have lots of different topics, such as how stress is metabolized through the body, how to de-stress and declutter your life. But I love this section about going green. And I was trying to find some signs of my own of, of why is it we always feel so calm by nature, and it seemed like one of the reasons was fractals or repeating patterns in nature that seems to instantly calm down the mind. Did you find anything like that in your uh, research? I didn't, and I think that would be hard to prove, but I would never rule it out. You know, I think there's a lot about nature, the odors, the scents, the green, the shapes that are probably special to us, to our brain. Whenever you find yourself in a, in a stressful situation, doctor, what, what are the go-tos that you take to de-stress? I definitely was one of the people who discovered the power of nature during the pandemic. When you're feeling so, you know, trapped in and anxious, it's a huge difference to be immersed in nature. So I would do a daily dog walk and that would be a time to really not look at my phone and look at the trees, look at the skyline, and just try to lose a sense of time. In the book, I lead people through a sensory immersion experience in nature. So we can take a walk in nature and feel just as stressed, right? Or maybe even worse, because it depends on what we're doing with our mind. When we open our sensory gates and really allow ourselves to absorb our surroundings, we are in our experiential body and mindset instead of our more vigilant or threat-oriented mindset. And that shift can be quick and powerful in when we're in nature. Well, I wonder, when you mentioned about HIIT training and that seven minutes a day is all it would take to metabolize some of the stress in your body, are you more of an advocate of breaking up the day apart with small stress-reducing activities rather than trying to, like, cram everything into one block during the day? Well, Tom, I'd be interested in your opinion on that. I don't have any data either way, so I, I just have my personal opinion, and that is that most of us don't have an hour or hours to be taking, you know, driving somewhere to gym or a class and it's wonderful when we do, but the ability to have those short bursts, maybe at least once a day or several times a day, is feasible. 
and does make a big difference. So I'm all about those. And I think that's where the mindfulness field is going as well, which is really advocating for short periods of slow breathing or mindfulness and the power of those. You don't need to go uh, to a meditation retreat, although they're wonderful, to experience some of the benefits of mindfulness. We can really build them in the short breaks that we make. Well, Dr. Apple, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, The Stress Prescription is a must-have book, especially considering how fast and tumultuous the world is. It seems to get stressful every year, um, Mm -hmm. more stressful. Well, Dr. Apple, where can people find you online? My website has both books, The Telomere Effect and The Stress Prescription, as well as all of my research publications and events, talks and retreats. And the website is myname.com. So it's Elissa Apple, E-L-I-S-S-A-E-P-E-L.com. Well, Dr. Apple, thank you again. And I hope that you're enjoying 2023 and that your intentions, uh, whatever they may be, find fruits. Thank you so much. And back to you. Thank you, Tom. Take care and thank you. Dr. Elisa Apple, author of... This, uh, wow, that's a word. Dr. Elisa Apple, author of The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. The following interview was originally recorded January 4th of 2023. That work, whether it's pushing a